Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Fred Moskowitz. He's an expert on buying mortgage and other kinds of notes uh, for profit. Uh, His book is called The Little Green Book of Note Investing, A Practical Guide for Getting Started with Investing in Mortgage Notes. Welcome to The Money Answer Show, Fred. Thank you, Jordan. It's great to be here. Just give us a little bit of your background leading into uh, where you ended up writing this book. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. I'll tell you, Jordan, uh, I I grew up having um, a long, successful career. I was working as a computer engineer. I spent a lot of time working at technology startup companies, right? And after seeing my entire industry getting turned upside down between the bursting of the dot-com bubble, and then that was immediately followed by the September 11th terrorist attacks, right? That made me realize that I was way too dependent on the income for my job. Right? It was a job that I loved, but it was full of all of these circumstances outside of my control. And what I learned was that no matter how talented of an engineer I was or how valuable of an employee I was, if things were not going well financially at the company I was working for, then I could quickly lose my job due to no fault of my own. And so I came to this realization, Jordan, that I needed to have other sources of income so that I would not be so dependent on the paycheck for my job. And that inspired me to start down the path of alternative investing and investing in assets, investing with an objective of receiving income and cash flow from your investments. And that's really how I got started. So today's environment is kind of strange in that the uh, cash alternatives, CDs, money market funds, savings accounts, pretty much earn zero or you know very, very low yields. In order to get higher yields, you have to take considerable risk, whether it be stocks or high-yield bonds or foreign bonds or something like that. Where, where do mortgage notes fit in the continuum of risk versus return in getting yields for, for people today? Well, it... it it really comes down to perspective because for someone that uh, maybe is not not experienced in notes, uh, it could seem risky, but um, there, there's, a, there's a lot of trade-offs and it's really uh, a matter of taking a look from a from a higher point of view and looking at your individual goals and objectives. But when it comes to mortgage notes, Jordan, um, there's all kinds of risk profiles. There's low risk notes and higher risk notes. And think of it as a continuum like any other investment. If you want to take on lower risk, you're going to end up with a lower rate of return. But if you're in you're comfortable taking on additional risk, higher level risk, then the possible uh, returns can be much higher as well. And there's really no right or wrong answer for this. It comes down to your own risk profile, your risk tolerance as an investor, and the level of experience that you have. So what role does note investing play in a typical portfolio? Do you think people should have 10% or 
20% or 50%, I mean, just roughly, people who want income, what role should note investing play in the portfolio? For people that want income, uh, it's, I feel that there, there are not a lot of traditional investments out there that have the the objective of generating income. You can own rental real estate, you can own mortgage notes, these all will uh, will provide income and cash flow. As far as a percentage, it, um, it really depends. For some people, um, they may want 10, 25% of their portfolio invested in something like mortgage notes or other investments which generate cash flow. Uh, for an individual that is more focused on preservation of capital and more focused on generating income out of their portfolio, they might t take on a higher percentage position. But there, as I said, there's really not a, a right or wrong answer. And a lot of times, it comes down to the level of familiarity for an individual with, with that particular investment. If it's something they know they're very comfortable with, usually what happens is they will, um, they will participate heavier on that one. And if it's something new and, and uh, with less experience, they'll start out with a smaller position. And, uh, and that's okay because I, I went through that myself as an investor. When I when I first start in something new, I will make a smaller investment, see how it goes, see if it's right for me, because not every investment is right for every person. And so it does take some time to decide that. But I really advocate for, uh, for everyone that you should dedicate some percentage of your investment portfolio to income producing assets. Give Absolutely. Us a, rough range, a rough range of the yields that are available on mortgage notes from the low risk to the high risk. Just give us an idea of the universe. Yeah, here, so as an idea, uh, on the low low risk side, we we can find uh, five five six percent is very typical. Now, if you want to get into higher risk, we will get into the double digit area area right eleven percent twelve fourteen and and sixteen even and and higher they they exist they're out there. Um, it depends on on the uh, the asset type that's underlying and packed packing the note. And give us a rough idea of the amount to invest. What's the lowest amount you can invest to get in the game? And you know, typically, are these like in the fifty thousand, hundred thousand? Give us a rough idea of the what you need to invest in these things. Yeah. So investing in notes, they, they come in all sizes. Uh, just to give you an idea, I've bought notes that have a, a loan balance of four thousand dollars, and that's a fully secured mortgage on a residential property, right? Uh, they exist. They have balance of 4000 8000 and they will go up. Uh, there, there's really, um, you know, you, if you think about jumbo, jumbo mortgages on could be million dollars or several million, they, they're out there. And so, and, and everything in between, yeah. everything in between. So really, um, it's really something that, um, that they come in all sizes. But more importantly than thinking about the amount to invest in a note, I like the idea of 
the capital the capital you're investing as a node investor, it's good to spread it out over multiple mortgages. So for instance, if you had um, let's say $100,000 you were investing in, in notes, you could buy a single note for $100,000, right? Or what if you bought four notes that were smaller, they were $25,000 each. Now you're spreading your risk out uh, over those four deals instead of everything in, in one particular one. And taking that to an even uh, greater level, if you invest in a note fund where the fund managers are uh, pooling the invested capital and then investing that over hundreds of notes or thousands of notes. Now you have true diversification because your investment dollars are spread out and that really goes a long way to manage risk. Think about the way that insurance companies operate, right? This is a a big lesson that, that we learn. Insurance companies have been around for hundreds of years. They know what they're doing and insurance companies they will insure a very large pool of insureds, right? Hundreds or thousands, whether it's um, property and casualty insurance or health insurance or life insurance, anything actually. And they manage their risk by spreading out their policies over a population of insurance. And it's the same idea because yeah, there'll be a claim to pay here and there, but highly unlikely that a large number of the insurance population is gonna have a claim at the same time. And that really goes a long way to manage risk. Let's go back to the basics. Tell us the difference between note and a mortgage. People think of it as the same thing, but it really is two different animals. It is. It is two different animals for sure. And it really comes down to uh, the documents, the loan documents. Think about when, if you've ever gone to buy a, a property or uh, refinance a loan on a property you own, and you're given this huge stack of documents to sign, right, um, at the title company. Well, the main components of those documents are there's a note and then there's a mortgage. And the difference between the two is the note is the promissory note, is the promise to pay. It states all the terms of the financing, the interest rate, the uh, monthly payment amount, uh, what happens if there's a a default or late late fees are charged. What's the term of the note? Is it a 10-year note? Is it a 30-year note? So that is the note, is the promise to pay. And then the mortgage, that's the security instrument. The mortgage is what um, the lender has to secure the, the collateral, the property that is being pledged as collateral for the amount being financed. And that mortgage is what gets recorded in the public record at the county courthouse. And for you listeners out on the West Coast, you don't they don't use mortgages in the West Coast. They use what's called a deed of trust, a little bit different type of a document, but it serves the same purpose. And that's the difference between a note and a mortgage. So the main source for mortgage notes is seller or owner financing. Is that correct? 
No, it's it's not. Um, there, that is that is a, a large source for sure, and a lot of real estate investors uh, very active in this space. But in addition, there are institutionally originated notes that uh, are bought and sold on the secondary market every day. And so I would say that is the largest source because uh, the majority the majority of the notes out there, they're, they're originated by the big lenders. They're under Fannie, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac programs, originated by some of the largest lenders in the country. But those lenders originate those notes, and then within less than a year, usually they end up reselling them uh, on the secondary market, and they'll get bought and put into uh, mortgage-backed securities, or they'll, they'll get sold to smaller investors and hedge funds as well. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Fred Moskowitz. He is an expert on mortgage note investing. His book is called The Little Green Book of Note Investing, a practical guide for getting started with investing in mortgage notes. You can find out more at his website, fredmoskowitz.com. We'll be back after this. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Fred Moskowitz. He's an expert on mortgage note investing. His book is called The Little Green Book of Note Investing. You can find out more at his website, which is Fred Moskowitz. Com. Welcome back to the show, Fred. Thank you, Jordan. So you have a, a basic chapter on the note business. Why are notes sold at a discount? So how would you answer that? Yeah, there is um, 
there's a lot behind that. Um, but think about think about this. Uh, notes are sold at a discount all on uh, this what's called the secondary mortgage market. And wh- what happens here is notes are bought and sold every single day on uh, properties all over the, the United States. If you think about this, um, if you've recently or, or maybe not recently have uh, bought, a, bought a property or refinanced a property and you go, you sign all the documents at the title company and start making your monthly payments on that loan and wouldn't you know it within sometimes three months, sometimes six or nine months, you get a letter from the lender saying, dear Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, we are writing to inform you that your loan is being sold to the new lender. Here's their contact information. By the way, don't worry, your payment will not change the terms, the interest rate of the loan will not change in any way. However, starting next month, please start sending your payments to the new lender. Here's their contact information and thank you for being a great customer. And so this happens all the time. And what's going on behind the scenes is that that loan was sold usually at a discount from the amount owed. And the reason for that is so that the the institution that originated that loan, they can recoup their capital. And then they will turn around the very next day and go originate another loan because that's where they, they make their money in high volume. And that's where their strengths are. It's in qualifying, underwriting borrowers and originating those, those loans. And they do the marketing and they have all the infrastructure in place to, to process that. The origination fees is kind of what they're going for. Yes, exactly. They make money on the origination fees. They make money on collecting, let's say three, to 12 payments, which, by the way, are almost all interest. If you look at an amortization table, the first uh, couple of years, very little of the loan gets paid down. So they collect all that interest and the origination fees, and then they'll go and turn around and sell that note. Yeah. Then your next chapter is how to evaluate a note. So how do you evaluate the uh, yield versus the risk and, and how you, you know, want to pick a particular note? Yeah, absolutely. Evaluating the note is um, is really important, um, and there's a couple of, of approaches, perspectives to to look at. You evaluate, of course, the real estate itself, and get in touch with the value of the property and the conditions of that local real estate market. Now, we buy notes nationwide all across the U.S. And so uh, it's a pretty big geographic uh, footprint. But you you look at that, there's a lot of data tools available to help analyze. And in addition to that, you look at uh, the loan documents to make sure that everything was done properly, that the, the loan is secured by, by the property, that the collateral is properly set up. 
we will look at uh, how is the loan being serviced, right? It's it's being serviced usually by a licensed loan servicer. They keep all the records on, on the loan. So we look at that and evaluate that as well as the borrower, right? Looking at their credit profile, uh, their risk uh, as a borrower. Are they someone that has a good track record uh, up to date on their payments or uh, maybe not so much? And that, that impacts the risk profile as well. Uh, some other due diligence items are making include making sure that the loan is in the lean position that it's supposed to be, whether it's a first position or second position note, you want to make sure and verify what that is. Um, and uh, also looking at um, things that could be a threat to the lien, such as ta property taxes, homeowners association fees, which um, may or may not be current and up to date. And so you need to check that. These are all the things that come into play before buying a note and uh, doing your due diligence. Because uh, once you buy the note, you have you have the note with all of its qualities and all of its defects that come with it. So you want to be uh, very careful about making sure everything is as it's being represented by the seller of the note. After you've done your due diligence and bought it, you talk about boarding the loan. What do you mean by that? Yes, boarding the loan means taking, taking possession of the loan. And for us, uh, we will transfer the servicing of the loan to our loan servicer. Let me explain what that is. Uh, a loan servicer is a company that specializes in being uh, the front end of a loan, uh, in particular dealing, dealing with the borrower. And so the loan servicer will send out the monthly statements. They'll collect the payments each month. They keep track of the accounting. They keep track of the amortization schedule. They make sure all the compliance is, place with, is in place, which by the way, there's a lot of it. Um, and that's part of, part of the work they do. Think about this. If you're familiar with how a, a rental property manager manages a rental property, well, the loan servicer is just like a property manager, but except for it's for the note. And they do all, so much, so much uh, on the ground work and, and uh, the day-to-day -day that it really is, uh, is helpful and um, it provides a great service. And it's one of the most important vendors uh, that we use. So that, that's a big part of the loan boarding is making sure that everything is done in a clean handoff from the seller's servicer to the buyer's servicer. Once that in, that's in place, we receive the loan file with all the original loan documents, review all of that to make sure it's complete, and then that gets uh, put into appropriate storage. And um, from that point forward, it's ongoing monitoring. Does your company uh, provide the service of buying notes on behalf of people, if somebody doesn't want to go through the due diligence and the boarding and all the process we've just talked about, you have a service where you buy notes for people. No, we do not. Uh, we do not have a service offering that. Uh, but what I would say, if for someone that um, is looking for something like that. Uh, a great option is investing in a managed note fund 
where the investor can invest in a note fund and then the fund managers take care of doing the due diligence. They have the relations in, relationships in place to buy notes yep. and they take care of all of that and then pay a rate of return back to the investors. And there's a lot of great, great note funds out there. And uh, for a lot of folks, uh, it's a great option because they they want to in, maybe they want to invest in in notes. You believe it's a great asset class, but maybe you don't have the time. Maybe you are a, a busy professional or a business owner, and you're focused on those things. And so, uh, a great option is to invest in a note fund. How, how can you find good note funds? Is there a place they're listed? No, they're not. They're not listed. Uh, they're generally private offerings. And um, the way to find note funds, it's through through networking, through relationships, which uh, is a big part of this business. Everything is done through relationships. Yeah. If you're owning uh, notes, your biggest worry is a loan default. Now, in the last three years when we had the pandemic, uh, there was the uh, moratorium on foreclosures, uh, there was a moratorium on uh, rent evictions. How did that affect uh, the loan defaults out there? Well, surprisingly, in, in our, uh, our portfolio, there were very few, very few defaults. What we saw a lot of was uh, people, a lot of times people might have gotten behind. They had, uh, because of the shutdowns, right, there was temporary temporary uh, job job stopped yes. um, layoffs the moratoriums um, businesses closed all of these things but uh, for a lot of people maybe they got behind a little bit but then then they got caught up in our portfolio uh, we actually had no defaults throughout the pandemic that were caused due to uh, COVID-related issues. We had some some folks that got behind a little bit, but given enough time, everyone was able to get caught back up and they, they were in touch with our servicers and um, was it was really a non-issue. Uh, we were expecting a lot more, but... Um, Fortunately, there was not a problem uh, at all. And uh, at this point now, looking back, uh, it's been it's been pretty well. In general, though, separate from the pandemic, mm -hmm. how do you deal with loan defaults? If, if you're going to get some warning, it's happening, you have to go through foreclosure or kind of what is the process of dealing with a loan default on a mortgage note? Yeah, that's a great question. It's something that's on a, a lot of people's mind uh, for sure and a question we get asked all, all the time. So with loan defaults, how to deal with them, the servicers handle, uh, do a really good job of handling it, but everything is done uh, under the auspices of the loan servicer and if uh, they have to get a local attorney involved, then they, they take care of that. But um, a lot of times what I've found is that in the case of a default, the best solution is usually coming to some agreement, maybe doing a loan modification. Uh, a lot of times people just need extra time because uh, what I've found is there's some kind of life life 
situation that happens, whether there's a job loss or a death in the family or a reduction in income. But given enough time, these things work themselves out. And um, offering some flexibility really goes goes a long way to that. And so uh, what what I found is that very it's very rare that uh, foreclosures happen because any problem that comes up, as long as everyone's willing to talk openly and have a discussion and come from a place of how can we how can we resolve this and how can we move forward, everyone wins in the end. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Fred Moskowitz, author of The Little Green Book of Note Investing, a practical guide for getting started with investing in mortgage notes. You can find out more about him and his book at fredmoskowitz.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Fred Moskowitz, author of The Little Green Book of Note Investing, his website, fredmoskowitz.com. Welcome back to the show, Fred. Thank you. So we're talking about the different ways to source notes. Uh, now, one thing we talked about is note funds already. Another one is online note exchanges. Explain how that works. Yeah, there there are some uh, online note exchanges which um, exist to connect sellers and, and buyers together. Um, I've, I've seen a few of them, and it's a great way. But the as far as sourcing notes, the biggest way 
Jordan is through personal relationships in uh, in the industry. Uh, I attend investment conferences, and that's where all all of us gather together. Uh, we're a small community of, of investors. We all we all know each other. We all uh, buy and sell loans from each other for, at different points in time, and so uh, that's that's the biggest way. It's it's about establishing the, the relationships in the industry. Yeah, the, there's online there's online sites that have existed from time to time, and um, and that that's certainly one option. But I would say uh, really it's networking. If you like. Um, investment real estate and you're involved in a real estate investment group, your your local RIA, that's a great source. Go to the events in person and you're going to meet other investors there. And uh, even though it's a real estate investment group, there's always a couple of guys that are there that are into notes and uh, they might be selling owner financing notes uh, or maybe they they're involved in institutionally originating notes as well. So those those are some of the some of the specific, options. Specific conferences only for mortgage notes, uh, separate from equity real estate investing. Yes. And yeah. They're, they're, uh, looking looking online is is a great way. Yeah, they're they're out there. Uh, they meet all, all different locations around the country. Okay, so once you found yeah. one thing you, you recommend is that people buy mortgage notes inside a self-directed retirement account, like an IRA. What is the advantage of buying it inside an IRA? Oh yeah, that, this is this is huge. All right, um, with mortgage note investing, it is something that is it is an activity that generates a large tax liability for the investor and here's why because you have interest income maybe you have capital gains as well um, and there's no deductions there's no depreciation like there is with real estate and so you're there you are doing node investing and you're, you're generating huge tax liability. And so one of the great, great strategies that I love talking about is if you invest in a tax advantage account, like a, an IRA, then the IRA can purchase the note and own it, and it can make the profit. And then when you exit, then it's subject to the tax treatment of that account. So if it's an IRA, then the taxes are deferred. If it's a Roth IRA, there will be no, no taxes due on the profit at all. And so that can be very powerful. And so uh, I, I think it's a great source of capital for, uh, for doing node investing is using your retirement account funds um, because of that reason. So when you are able to compound compound interest and build profits year over year without being subject to taxes, the rate of growth is significantly, significantly increased. It's not only retirement accounts. You also say health savings accounts. Yes. HSAs, HSAs. HSAs education savings accounts. So you yes. can to build up money for health expenses or tuition expenses in addition to retirement expenses. Is that correct? 
Yes, that's correct. Absolutely. And I'll just add one one thing, Jordan. A lot of those those accounts, HSAs or uh, education accounts, the balances are small typically, right? Because you, you don't have much of a contribution uh, allowance each year. And so it takes takes a while to get that going. But even if you have a small balance account, let's say you have an HSA, you contribute your six or $7,000 for a couple of years, right? It's not a huge amount of money. However, you can uh, buy a small note with that, or you can invest in what's called a partial, where you're buying a portion of the note instead of instead of the entire note, instead of a payment stream of um, ten years of payments, you could buy maybe three or four years of the payments through what's called a partial, and that's a great option for a smaller account. But you still have the, uh, all the benefits, and uh, in particular, the tax benefits. Tax advantages are huge, and so I always, uh, when I speak with investors, I always ask them, "Are you using?" Are you using any retirement account funds for your note investing? And if the answer is no, then maybe I have to teach them about how to use self-directed accounts because they're available to everyone. They're they're right in the tax code. It just requires that you go to a specialized uh, IRA custodian that um, is set up to do this. If you go to your your big name brokerage houses like Fidelity or Vanguard, they can offer you an IRA. IRA, but they won't offer you a self-directed IRA. So you do have to go to more of a niche type of custodian called a self-directed IRA custodian. Any particular self-directed IRA custodians you recommend? Uh, yeah, there, there, there are several. There are definitely several. If um, I, I don't want to make a recommendation on the air, but if anyone reaches out to me, I'd be happy to uh, share some ideas. The main tax benefit is that the interest being earned on the mortgage note is compounding either tax-deferred in a traditional IRA or tax-free in a Roth. Is that the main yes. benefit? Correct. Right. And then can you compound I mean, if you have, as you say, a small amount, you have 7000 or something in an account, yeah. uh, and you're getting this interest, you know, it's maybe $1,000, whatever it is, for a year, um, you, you have to keep adding money to keep reinvesting. You're not reinvesting on a a monthly basis as the money comes in, right? No, you're not. Uh, it, it's going to be a, a um, irregular uh, frequency of, of reinvesting. But uh, you, if you're diligent, you'll be contributing every year your maximum amount, letting that build. Maybe you'll combine that with the prior year's uh, income into the account, and now you can go out and do a new investment with that. With node investing, it's uh, one of the interesting things. You constantly have money going out and money coming back in all the time. Notes get paid off. People refinance their property or people sell their property. Loans will get paid off. And so you'll have money coming in that was unexpected. So your goal should always be to deploy as much of your capital as you can at all times because idle capital sitting in your account, whether it's a retirement account or not, it's earning effectively a 0% rate of return. And so that's going to cause a drag on your portfolio. Yeah. You also yeah. talk about investing in partials. You don't have to buy an entire 
mortgage note for tens of thousands of dollars. How do you find partials where you get a piece of it but a smaller amount? Right. Partial. A partial is basically buying uh, just a shorter term of, of a larger term note. Let's say there's a 30-year note well, you and you don't have enough money to buy the entire note. Well, you could buy five years of payments instead from the note seller, and that's going to be a much smaller purchase. And that will allow you to deploy your capital. You'll collect the five years of payments. And then starting in year six, the servicer will switch where they're redirecting the payments. And um, and that's it. And the partial is done. And so that in a nutshell is uh, how a partial works. But it's a great way for someone to invest using smaller amounts of capital. And uh, also for a note seller, it's a great way for them to to capitalize, recapitalize without having to sell the entire note and sell it at a discount. Maybe they don't want to do that. And so they will sell a partial to raise only the capital they need. And it results in nicer efficiency for everyone. Yeah. We've talked a little bit about note funds. Are there kind of publicly available note funds through mutual fund companies? Maybe they're doing... Uh, mortgage notes like Freddie Mae and Freddie Mac paper, uh, think of mortgage-backed securities. Are there such funds that are kind of not through a network but just publicly available? I have not seen any. The ones I've seen, they're all private offerings. And so a lot of this is done um, – in, is done through word of mouth. Uh, again, it's it's through relationships. There's a lot of um, a lot of deals, a lot of uh, fund managers when they need to raise capital, they will talk to their existing network. They'll raise the capital they need, and then they're done. And yeah. so uh, that happens a lot. It's uh, it's something that uh, requires build, building relationships, getting to know people, and then um, you'll be on. On their uh, contact list to get calls when something opens up, when there's an opportunity, they will reach out to you and talk to you about about the opportunity and what's available. But the biggest part of it, it's through personal relationships. Uh, I see this a lot. It's through referrals. It's through hand. Um, in-person meetings, shaking hands at an investment conference. Uh, it's through referrals, through introductions, through mutual relationship. So for an investor, I always talk about this. The, one of the biggest skills to work on is to get good at networking, get good at building relationships, establishing rapport with people. Because when you do that, those, that relationship capital will lead to the financial capital uh, later on and opportunities for growth. Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Fred Moskowitz, uh, author of The Little Green Book of Note Investing, a practical guide for getting started with investing in mortgage notes. You can find out more at his website, fredmoskowitz.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? 
Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Fred Moskowitz, author of The Little Green Book of Note Investing. He's an expert on mortgage note investing. You can find out more at his website, Fred Moskowitz. Welcome back to the show, Fred. Thank you, Jordan. You talk about a way to utilize debt to buy and pay for things that you might typically buy with debt. How do you do that? Yeah, great, great question. Um, So with note investing, you know, a lot of people – a lot of people invest in real estate. They buy houses. Maybe they buy commercial property or multifamily properties. But they don't talk about investing in, in the paper, the notes and the mortgages, which are the financial uh, aspect of those properties. And with note investing, when um, when a lot of real estate investors, they don't pay attention to, to this aspect at all. When they think of a note and a mortgage, they think about being the borrower and not as being the lender. But uh, as we've discussed, when you're in note investing, you're stepping across the aisle and becoming the bank and be- becoming the one receiving those monthly payments. So back to, back to your question, uh, using debt to pay for debt, Think about this. If you were going to go out and buy a car, right? Let's say, let's say you have um, forty thousand dollars cash. You want to go buy a car. You could certainly go and buy a, a car that in that price range and pay cash for it and drive out of the dealership, right? Well, what if instead of doing that, what if you took your forty thousand dollars? and bought a note, okay? okay? You bought a note with that, and um, that note will uh, have a payment amount that uh, is coming in each month. And typically, if you were going to go to the, back to the dealer looking for a car in that same price range, but instead of buying with cash, you finance it, okay? And if the rate of return on your note that you bought is greater than the financing you're paying at the dealership, um, then your payment amount is going to line up nicely. And what will happen is the monthly payment you receive on the note you own is going to be more than the monthly payment for the car that you bought. And so you you can theoretically uh, have, have that 
the note you bought, cover your financing for the car. Maybe uh, there'll be a little extra so you can fill up your tank of gas once a month off, off of that. But what will happen is the mortgage note term is typically much lar- longer than a car note. And so one day, the day will come where your car gets paid off. You made that last payment, but you still have that asset. You still have the note that you bought continuing to make payments into the future. And that's that's a really nice thing. And this is very, uh, very feasible to do. But the main thing to look at and consider is there's there's an arbitrage there because the rate of return on the note you bought is higher than the interest rate on the car loan that you're taking out and signing for. Makes a lot of sense. Now, in addition to traditional first mortgage notes, there are also notes for second mortgages, for example, home equity lines of credit or seconds. Is that something you would recommend? Yes. Um, that We buy those all the time. Uh, second position notes, there's some different um, different nuances, a little more a little more risk. However, with with that higher risk is uh, lower, better pricing. And so that's going to drive up your rate of return. And so uh, it's not for everyone, but uh, we, we like it. Um, you can buy notes that uh, are even in third position that they exist out there. Not not as common. Most common notes that, that I see are first position and second position. But there are also notes on other other items as well, right? There are notes on yachts, on airplanes, on um, there's commercial notes that are business loans that might be secured by some kind of business collateral. Uh, so all of this exists and it's out there. It's uh, it's a wide world for sure. But uh Clearly, the most common uh, ones that are out there are first position and second position mortgage notes, just because of the amount of loans that exist out in all across the country. And so that's going to be what's most readily available. Do you buy these around the world as well? Mortgages notes uh, um, originated in other countries in the U.S.? No, um, no, I do not. But they they exist. Um, they exist. They're out there. I've seen conferences specific for that. Um, so if that's something that maybe you're familiar with or you have connections in other countries, it's certainly something to look at if you have those relationships in place. If you have a portfolio of mortgage notes and you want to sell some, how do you price them? Uh, if you say you've had it for a year, how do you know what the appropriate price is to sell mortgage notes? It really comes down to the negotiations between the seller and the buyer. There's not a set, um, not a set pricing guideline, and some of it comes down to how uh, how urgent does the seller need to raise capital because if they're uh, if they're needing to raise capital quickly they can price the note at a greater discount uh, but what's typical on on discounts so give you a range um, notes can be discounted anywhere from 95 cents on the dollar uh, down to uh, 60 cents on the dollar depending on the risk profile 
while, the track record and history on the note, uh, as well as the relationship between the seller and the buyer. Uh, but to price a note, it really takes a lot of being of experience and understanding what uh, are the going prices in the market at a given time. It just seems hard for people who are not part of the community, who have not done this before, to kind of get into this community and learn about both the buying and selling of notes. It doesn't sound like it's it's not instant, let's put it that way. No, definitely it is not instant. There is a learning curve. For someone interested to learn, I would um, recommend looking at a note fund where you can work together and build a relationship with uh, some experienced folks and uh, work under their wing, at, per se, and their guidance. Because with a note fund, the investor is able to benefit from the expertise, the relationships, the experience that the fund managers have. And that that goes a long way. Uh, other ways is uh, finding a mentor in the space. Uh, there are some trainings um, out there that are available from time to time um, and books as well. My book is certainly not the only book on the subject. There are others out there. And so a, a good amount of education is a great way to start for sure. In the roughly two minutes we have left, why don't you kind of summarize what difference it would make in people's lives uh, in their investment portfolios to get into mortgage note investing that we've been discussing in the last hour? A huge part of, of the difference this can make is providing diversity and providing security. What I've seen time and time again are uh, people that have their whole retirement portfolio is the only thing they have is their 401k at work and it's 100% in the stock market. And um, that's not diversification at all. I always advocate own some real estate, own some mortgage notes, get into some different asset classes that have their own cycles and uh, hopefully a component of your portfolio is generating income for you. So no matter what happens, if the market goes up, the market goes down, income is being generated each and every month consistently. And that's going to go a long way towards uh, providing financial security and giving you a solid background. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Fred Moskowitz. His book is called The Little Green Book of Note Investing, a practical guide for getting started with investing in mortgage notes. You can see he's a real expert on the topic. Uh, you can find out more at his website, which is fredmoskowitz.com. Thanks so much for being on The Money Answer Show. I think our people uh, learned a lot, Fred. Thank you so much, Jordan. It was a pleasure to be here. and Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you again, and we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.